Good morning, everybody. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Can we just acknowledge his presence for just a few moments? Come on, open your mouth and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We want to welcome you here to Hope Haven Church. Uh, we are in our new series from the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we touched off on a Wednesday. How many of you were able to tune in on Wednesday with us? Anybody enjoy Bible study on Wednesday? All right, we had a great time. Uh, definitely our longest Bible study so far. <laughs> we started at 7.30, it was about 9, and y'all were still going, Miss Tanya. <laughs> I'm just playing with her. Uh, but I, I enjoy I enjoy just discussing and talking about the Word of God with you guys. Uh, so we're going to continue in our series from 1 Samuel. Uh, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, the second chapter. Uh, we're going to deal with the dangers of no discipline. The dangers of no discipline. Uh, we're going to start at the 12th verse. Uh, that's okay. I, I meant to tell you that. Uh, 1 Samuel 12 and, I'm sorry, 1 and 12, 2 and 12, 2 and 12, 2 and 12. I'm going to get it right after a while. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel 2 and 12. Uh, just to give you a backdrop here. So we started off in the first chapter on last Wednesday. How many of you guys read the book of Judges before? All right, we did a whole series in Judges, so if y'all didn't raise your hand, y'all clearly tuned out for like weeks at a time. So we went through the whole entire book of Judges, and when we went through the whole entire book of Judges, uh, we understood that uh, during this era, Joshua had came on the scene. Y'all remember Joshua? Joshua died, and then what did God do? God did put certain judges to rule during certain sets of time. So we had Deborah, we had Gideon, we had Samson, uh, we had a couple other uh, Japheth, we had uh, a couple other judges that came during this era. So now we have a new judge on the scene in 1 Samuel, and his name is Eli. The problem with Eli is that Eli lives uh, a pretty indecent life. Uh, not necessarily him, but uh, there was some issues with Eli's sons. Now, God, being who he is, always has a plan even when we don't have a plan. And sometimes even when we have a plan, God has a plan. And his plan supersedes our plan. So God now has strategically set up a new priesthood under the current administration. He does this through a woman by the name of Hannah. Y'all remember Hannah? And Hannah is barren. She's the first wife of Elkanah. She can't produce children. So Elkanah gets another wife by the name of Penina, and Penina produces seven children for him. Mm. And Penina is constantly antagonizing Hannah, and God won't open Hannah's womb. And the reason why God won't open Hannah's womb is because God is trying to put Hannah in a position of understanding that God, if you bless me, I will bless you. And sometimes God withholds our blessings until we understand the importance of blessing him back with what he blesses us with. So one of the issues that we have is the reason why God can't give us a million is because we'll spend a million. 
The reason why God can't be a blessing to us sometimes is because we won't look out for anybody. We'll think about how far and how long we struggle that we'll try to crawl out of this struggle rather than recognize that God was the blessing that was blessing us through the struggle. So what God does is he strategically puts Hannah in a waiting period till Hannah's mind is right to receive the blessing. I don't know why I'm here today, but I I really feel that this is for somebody today. God has strategically held certain things back for you till you get in the position that when he blesses you, you will be a blessing back to him. So now when Hannah gets her mind right, God allows her to conceive. She has a child by the name of Samuel and she immediately tells God, God, if you give me this child, I'll give him back to you. And her uh, fulfilling her promise, she gives birth after nine months. She weans the child for two to three years and then she gives the baby back to God and she goes home. Amen. I heard some ums right there from some of these mothers in here. Yes, <laughs> Could you imagine support after nine months and two to three years of Daria? Look, I'm going to test her, her spirituality today. At two years old, God says, give her to me. Oh. <laughs> but that's where Hannah was. But Hannah was so obedient to God that he, she gives the child to God to do the service of the Lord and goes home. Watch this with a possibility that she'll never have children again. And the one child that she had, she gave it to God. That's a sacrifice. That's a deep sacrifice. That the one time that I possibly could be blessed, I gave it to God. I'm going to say something old school, and some of y'all that grew up in church, y'all going y'all to know this one. Y'all ready? You can never beat God in giving. And if that giving hurts, the blessing is going to be even better. Now, I'm not trying to use this as some kind of scheme to collect your money today. I'm talking about sacrificing in any type of way. Whenever you sacrifice to God, God always gives you a benefit and a harvest that is bigger than any seed that you have ever sown. I wish I had a witness in here. If you have ever sown before, and I don't care if it's finance, I don't care if it's time, I don't care if it's in the ministry, I don't care if it's helping others, you have reaped a harvest during your lifetime or you will reap a harvest during your life time that is bigger than the seed that you have ever sown. But because you took the step to believe God, God now flourishes you and he blesses you beyond measure than what you could ever sow. Amen. So there's a blessing that has to come to Hannah, but God still puts her in a waiting period. Amen. So now we get to Eli, back to Eli. And Eli is the high priest, he's also the judge, and his sons are the priests under him. And the Bible says, and Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord or for the pre-share of the sacrifices from the people. Are y'all with me? I'm gonna take my time today. Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord or for the priest's share of the sacrifices from the people. Watch this. Eli's sons had religion down, 
but not relationship. They knew how to have church. They knew the structure of church, but they did not know God. And we have to be careful that we have all of the business side of church down, but no relationship with God down. Because you can be great in religion and still miss God. These were men who looked apart. They dressed apart. You would think that they were men of God based off of their appearance. They knew how to do sacrifice. They knew how to do offering. But they had no relationship with God. Watch this. And because they had no relationship with God, they had no regard for God. There are people that are in church but have no regard for God. Oh, help me, Jesus. So because they knew religion but had no relationship, they took the priest's share of the sacrifices from the people. I'm going to keep going here and I'm going to come back to that. When any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged meat fork while the meat was boiling and plunge it into the container or kettle or cauldron or cooking pot. The priest would claim it for himself, whatever the meat fork brought up. This is the way they treated all the Israelites who came there to Shiloh. Help me, Jesus. Y'all read me? So, during the peace offering, this is what would happen. This is called the peace offering. You would bring your sacrifice to God. The priest would take the sacrifice. They would boil the sacrifice. They would take the fat from the meat. They would burn the fat from the meat as an offering to God. They would then take the shoulder and the heart of that sacrifice, and that would be the priestly portion for them and their family. And then whatever was left over, they stir it in a pot and make a certain type of soup for the people as a sacrifice or as a blessing to them for offering the sacrifice. So the, the sacrifice was a threefold blessing. Amen. It blessed God. It blessed the priests. Yes. It blessed the people. Amen. These men thought that what they were receiving was not enough. So what did they do? They robbed God. They robbed the people. And they were basically telling God that what he gave them was not enough. So they took from the people. Hmm. When you have no regard for God, you steal from God. Amen. <laughs> I didn't want to preach this, but I got to go here today. So what did they do? They took all of the sacrifice because the sacrifice was not about God. It was about them. And now the worship has become about me and not about God. Amen. And one of the dangers of the church is when leadership gets so high and mighty that they think that they're equivalent or better than God. Amen. Oh my. So now I'm taking God's portion 
Because he ain't that important. And I'm taking your portion. Because you ain't that important. Can I go a step further? I'm going to leave this alone. I don't want to go here. Go here. <sighs> when I'm a greedy priest, I'll take your offering and some and leave you broke so that I can thrive. Because I don't care about you. It's equivalent to the preacher with a Bentley outside and 90% of his church is poor. He's taken from the people to stuff his pockets because he has no regard for God and he has no regard for the people. Y'all quiet. So they take everything that they desire, watch this, and they shift the worship to where it no longer pleases God, but it pleases the priest. Which means I no longer come to church to worship God. I come to church to worship the man of God. And now when I come in, I want to make sure he's satisfied before I make sure God's satisfied. I'm trying to leave this alone. I want to make sure I don't offend him more than I offend God. And next thing you know, all of my worship is going to a man. And my back is turned towards God. And God is not pleased because the worship is no longer about me. It's about that man. And God shares his glory with nobody. Oh, we're going to have some church in here today. So now we see here that God saw beforehand that Hophni and Phinehas sins. And they don't even realize that underneath them is a replacement. Next verse. If that man said to him, the fat must be burned first, then you can take whatever you want for yourself. The servant will reply, no, I insist that you hand it over right now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. Now watch this. This is the people talking. Hold on, hold on, hold on, man of God. We got to make sure we give God praise first. We got to make sure we worship God first. And the servant says, no. I don't care about God. Give me all of it or I'll take it by force. Now he's thinking he's just taking fat. But that fat belongs to God, which means he's taken from God. And a lot of times we think we're doing things underneath, but God sees everything. So he says, so the servant's sin was very severe in the presence of the Lord because they treated the Lord's offering with contempt. Watch this. The boy Samuel served in the Lord's presence with a, and wore a linen ephod. Watch this. While they're doing evil, God already has a plan underneath with a little boy. Yes, yes. Amen. Uh, so it looks bad. It looks like God has no plan, but there's a little boy walking around in the temple with an ephod on and nobody understands that he's walking in the will of God. What does the ephod symbolize? The ephod symbolizes intercession because Eli, Phineas, and Hophni were no longer interceding for Israel. So what did God do? God made an ephod and let a little boy intercede for all Israel when the priesthood messed up. Yeah. 
They don't even realize Israel at this point that an eight-year-old boy is interceding for all Israel. Yes. They're so stuck on Hophni and Phineas that they don't realize that God is working behind the scenes with a little boy. Look at your neighbor and say, don't despise humble beginnings. We don't realize that sometimes when these kids are doing little services for the Lord, they're doing things that God is honoring. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. Oh, they're just doing a welcome address. No, they're not just doing a welcome address. They're serving in the Lord's presence. That's it. Amen. Uh-huh. And sometimes God is using them when we messing up. Sometimes when we don't see things, God puts it in their spirit to discern things. And I remember back in the day, they used to sit us down and you can't praise God. They didn't recognize that our praise was just as important to God as it was to the adults. So while these guys are stuck in their sins, God is using a little boy on the low and his plan is working when nobody's paying attention. Can I talk to somebody today? God's plan is working in your life even when people are not paying attention. All you're supposed to do is keep on trusting, keep on believing, and keep on serving God and God is working it together for your good. I'm almost here, y'all. Each year, his mother made him a little robe, watch this, and took it to him when she went with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Y'all remember the annual sacrifice in the first chapter? Yeah. Remember back in the day, every year, her, 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 her sister wife <laughs> used to manipulate and, and antagonize her in the first chapter, but now there's no more antagonization because now she has her own baby. But let's go a step further here. Let's look at this. It says, and she went with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Hold on. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went with her husband to offer an annual sacrifice. Watch this. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife. May the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she has given to the Lord, which means that at this point annually, year after year, she still has not had another child. So she's gone about five, 10 years with no children. And Eli keeps blessing that one day she'll have children. But she didn't have children immediately after Samuel. Now we know with Mary, Jesus was born and immediately with Joseph they had children. But here, God made Hannah wait. Why did God make Hannah wait? Because sometimes God is waiting to see if you'll take your sacrifice back. So before I give you another one, I want to see how committed you were to your sacrifice. Help me, Jesus. Sometimes we'll give to God, but then we wonder whether or not we gave too much. Oh my. Sometimes we'll give to God, but then we'll wonder, well, how am I going to eat? But God watched Hannah give to God. And not only give to God, but come back and add a blessing on what she gave him. 
and never complained that she not, that he never gave her any more children. She rejoiced in the one blessing that God gave her and basically said, if you don't give me another child, I'm blessed with the one thing that you gave me. When was the last time that you gave God praise for just that one thing? So there's this gap. Didn't happen immediately. Annually, the Bible says, she comes with no more children. Annually, she comes and brings a robe for Samuel. Annually, she comes and she offers sacrifice and praise to God. And annually, God kept her womb closed again. So she actually went through a barren season again. Eli would bless Elkanah, his wife. May the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she has given the Lord. Then they would go home, which tells us that this went on for years. Now watch this. The Lord, what? Paid attention to Hannah's need. Woo! He was sitting there every year saying, wow, she's still praising me. <laughs> he was sitting there saying, I ain't give her another baby, but she still loves me. Mama. He's sitting there saying, I've never done anything else in her life. But she says, if you don't do nothing else, God, I still thank you. Yes. Oh, I wish I had somebody here that had that testimony. God, if you don't open another door, if I'm stuck here for the next 20 years, I thank you for the last door. Yes, sir. Oh, and God is just paying attention. God is paying attention to her, watching her come to church Sunday after Sunday saying, God, I thank you, and don't got a car yet. God, I thank you, don't have a job. God, I thank you, don't have nothing yet. And God says, mm, look at her. Mm-hmm. And my question is, if God looks at us right now, what is he saying? Amen. Are we coming in here again asking for something else? Or are we in here right now just saying, thank I'd like a new house. But if you don't do it, thank you. I'd like to get out of this job. But if you never give me another promotion, thank you. I'd like to get out of this sickness. Oh, help me, God. But if you never heal me, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I Trust him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came into the world and naked I will go out. The children of the three Hebrew boys said if he never brings us out, he's still able to, y'all got me preaching in here, to bring us out. My testimony is if he never does it, he's able to do it. And thank you because I know you can do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. God is looking for that type of praise, y'all. God is looking for that type of worship. That type of worship that it hasn't happened and it may not never happen, but I thank you. Thank you. My womb is closed and it may never open again, but God, I thank you. I don't need another prophecy. I don't need another prophet. All I need is a word from you. And God, if you don't allow it, I still trust you. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Who am I preaching to in here today? I still trust you. Thank you, Jesus. So the Lord paid attention. I heard somebody copying off of me. The Lord paid attention (laughs) to Hannah's need 
Look at God. Year after year, she could not conceive, but eventually the Lord paid attention. Year after year, I'm talking to somebody. The door didn't open, but the Lord paid attention. Year after year, every October looks like you're still in the same circle, but the Lord is paying attention. And in due season, she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. That one sacrifice gave her a fivefold blessing. (laughs) Meanwhile, the boy Samuel, (laughs) I love how the writer writes this. He just keeps throwing that sentence in there. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Meanwhile, while Hophni and Phineas is acting up, Samuel is growing up in the presence of the Lord. Meanwhile, while Hophni and Phineas is still in the offerings, Samuel is growing in the house of the Lord. Meanwhile, while Eli is looking like he don't see nothing, Samuel is growing up in the house of the Lord. Can I go a step further? Y'all remember Hannah in the first chapter when she was praying for Samuel? The Bible said, what was Eli doing? He was sitting in the temple with a high chair, watching her worship. But my question is, while you're sitting there focusing on, on, on Hannah's worship, why ain't you focusing on the worship of your sons? You got so much to say about what's going on in somebody else's house, and your house is a mess. Yeah, all right, I'm going to leave that alone. Your sons are out of control, but you're looking at Hannah's worship. And sometimes we're so focused on what's going on in somebody else's mouth that we ain't focusing on what's going on in our house. Amen. So you're sitting here being judgmental over Hannah, thinking she's drunk. You're thinking she's drunken. You're studying her worship. And you don't even realize that your boys is over there drinking. Your boys over there, and I think we went through it, they're sleeping with, with, with the women in the entrance of the tent meeting. So not only are they robbing God, not only are they robbing people, but they're committing adultery. I don't want to go too deep on what they were actually doing. They were not just sleeping with the women. They were taking the women by force. Yes. And not only were they taking the women by force, but they were taking the women by force who were eight days after carrying a baby. I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all remember when Jesus was born? What did Mary and Joseph bring him? To the temple. Eight days after he was born. Women don't come to the temple except for the birth of a a child. The priests were all men. He would, they were, they, I'm just showing you how downright dirty they were. King James Version says that they were sons of Baal, meaning they were sons of the devil. Because anybody that will stoop that low, they gotta be a devil. Amen. Yes. This is the mess that's going on 
while Eli is focusing on Hannah. <laughs> I'm a, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move on. This is a bit too much support. I know, I know, I know. This is a bit too much. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to swallow. All this is going on, but Samuel is growing in the presence of the Lord. While all this mess is going on. God still has a plan. And sometimes we watch corruption go on. We watch injustice go on. We watch things go on and we're like, it's just not right. But can I assure you, God has a plan. Now watch this. No, 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 back, 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 I'm sorry. Now Samuel, now Eli was very old. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. Now, Eli was very old. Y'all with me? He heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they were sleeping with the women who served at the entrance to the tent meeting. Number one, Eli was past his prime. Mm. Because the priest, according to the Old Testament, was supposed to retire at 50. But the Bible says he was very old, which means he was operating in an office beyond his years. I got to leave this alone. I got to leave this alone. He's operating outside of what God called him to do. And when you operate outside of what God has called you to do, errors happen. Not only is Eli old, but the Bible says that Eli is overweight. Hmm. I'm going to leave this alone. I'm going to leave this alone. I got got to go here. Y'all with me? Y'all watch this. You can't show me nowhere in the Bible where God gives us physical characteristics of a man, including Jesus. Amen. We know Rachel was beautiful. We know, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Aunt Sarah was beautiful. We know, you know, all these so the women that they describe as beautiful in the Bible, but we don't know what made them beautiful. We just have to trust the author. Gives no physical characteristics. But when it comes to Eli, the Bible gives us physical characteristics and they give us physical characteristics for a meaning. And the reason why he was big, y'all with me? He's first and foremost, he's beyond the time of years that he's supposed to serve. And number two, he's big because of one thing. He's eating the stolen offerings from his sons. And the reason why you ain't saying nothing, Eli, is because you're in it with them. Exactly, amen. Just don't let me see nothing, mm-hmm. but bring it to me. Amen. Yep. Yeah, quiet. So he's gaining weight off of sinful offerings. It's like me taking drug money, looking the other way, because I want to build a cathedral. It's like Darnell doing something illegal. I know it's illegal. I know it's immoral. 
But as long as I don't know what he's doing and he's putting the money in my back pocket, I see nothing so I know nothing. Amen. So Eli is just as guilty as his sons because you know you're not supposed to be eating fat. All the fat is supposed to be burned to God. The moment I would have chewed on some fat back, I would have said, where'd you get this from? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> the moment you would have bought me a ham hog, well, they don't eat pork. The moment you would have bought me a cow neck bone, my question would have been, where does all this fat come from? But he asked no questions. Why? Because it gratified his flesh. And because it gratified his flesh, he's gonna ask no questions. And sometimes we don't wanna know certain things because if we know the truth, we start feeling convicted. Uh-oh. Yeah. All of us have had somebody that come by and say, yo, I got these sneakers because you want, you want some of these $20. And they $400 in the store. All right, y'all quiet. Amen. Yo, son, I got this watch. Yo, I, I don't know where it came from. It fell. I just picked it up. <laughs> Give me $200 and it's $2,000. And you go home, Woo! I got a blessing. But you stole something. You took stolen merchandise and looked the other way. Now the FBI knocks on your door, checks the serial number, and you want to blame the guy that sold it to you on the street, but you knew that watch was $4,000 and you bought it for two. And you want to play, no, no, you're an accessory to the crime. Eli is an accessory to the crime, but he's looking the other way because it's feeding his appetite. And some of us will feed our appetite before we do what is right. Oh, man, are y'all with me? He's very old. He heard about everything his sons were doing and how they were sleeping with the women who served at the entrance of the temple. Meaning, now watch this, at this point, according to the law, he's supposed to dismiss them from the priesthood. But he doesn't. Because they can raise an offering. <laughs> Why y'all got me preaching like this today? <sighs> Ooh, I know they sleeping with all the women, but man, when they sing, they bring the glory in on Sunday. Wow. I, I know they no good. I know they, 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 they do all the drugs they want on weekends, but man, when they pay their tithes. <sighs> I want to sit them down, but if I sit them down, I ain't got a musician. <laughs> oh, we supposed to sit him down, but if we sit him down, he's the senior pastor. And who's going to preach on Sunday? So what we going to do is we going to give him a light rebuke, let him know we're on to it, and condescendingly try to tell him to do it more secretly. I'm in the Bible, y'all. This, I'm not giving y'all an episode of Greenleaf. 
<laughs> this is in the Bible. He knows what's going on. He's supposed to dismiss them, but he doesn't. Keep going. He said to them, why are you doing these things? I have heard about your evil actions from all these people, meaning people are coming to him complaining. The church is coming to the pastor saying, pastor, deacon such and such touched me. But I won't do nothing because deacon such and such is the highest giver in the church. I'm in the Bible, y'all. I promise y'all. Why are you doing these things? I've heard about all of your evil actions from all these people. And Eli is supposed to be the judge of Israel. But brings no judgment on his own sons. No, my sons. The report I hear from the Lord's people is not good. If a man sins against another man, God can intercede for him. Amen. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to their father since the Lord intended to kill them. <laughs> Meaning they were so far gone, it didn't matter what Eli said at this point, God was going to kill them. Why? because they never should have got to this high in the priesthood anyway if Eli was a responsible father. Amen. So don't try to become daddy when they're 30. Amen. Be daddy at two. That's right. So we don't deal with these issues at 30. And what God is basically saying, I gave you, and I don't know how old they are, but I'm assuming 30. I gave you 30 years to get it right. Don't try to fix it now. I'm going to kill them. Amen. It's too late. God's grace is always sufficient. Yes, yes. But they would not listen to their father since the Lord intended to kill them. Look at this. By contrast, the boy Samuel grew in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. You see how they just keep throwing that sentence in there? Yeah. They just keep letting you know underneath the scene, God is using Samuel Samuel is on his way. Watch this. I'm, I'm almost done. A man of God came to Eli and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Didn't I reveal myself to your ancestral house when it was in Egypt and belonged to Pharaoh's palace? This is when he spoke to Moses and Aaron. Out of all the tribes of Israel, I selected your house to be the priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar. Look at the privilege he gave them, to burn incense and to wear an ephod in my presence. I gave your house all the Israelite fire. I gave you more than enough. Why then do all of you despise my sacrifices and offerings that I require at the place of worship. You have honored your sons more than me, Eli, by making yourself fat 
with the best part of all the offerings of my people, Israel. Can you go back, go back, go back, go back, go back real quick? I want to show you something. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Out of all the tribes of Israel, I selected your house to be priests, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, to wear the ephod in my presence. I gave all your house of Israel the fire offering. And if, if, if I could add something there, and this was supposed to be forever. And Phineas and Hophnius, Hophni got stuck up in their sin because they thought that they could never be replaced. God can't kill me because he needs me. I don't know if y'all ever heard that. I can't die. I got more work to do. I can't die. God's got to keep me alive to get this work done. God ain't got to do nothing. We don't tell God how long we live. When it's your time, it's your time. But Hophni and Phinehas got stuck up into thinking that this would last forever in spite of whatever they did. Who else can replace us? We're the only sons of Eli. Who else can remove me? I am the next pastor. I am the pastor. Who can remove me from this position? And then I get stuck up in myself because I believe in my mind that God can't replace me because I'm just that good at what I do. Next verse. Next verse. Look, I'm closing here. The days are coming where I will cut off your strength and your strength of your ancestral family so that none of your family will reach old age. Oof. You will see distress in the place of worship in spite of all that is good in Israel, and no one in your family will ever again reach old age. This is God speaking. Any man from your family, I do not cut off from my altar. I will bring grief and sadness to you. All your descendants will die violently. I don't want no prophecy like this. Let me just live right. Jesus, help me, God. This will be the sign that will come to you concerning your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Both of them will die on the same day. I don't have time, but we're going to see how God strategically works in 2 Kings. Because in 2, 1 Kings, rather, in 1 Kings, a seed of Eli is going to pop up again. But God's going to honor his word that none of them will ever live long. And you're going to see a boy that was innocent just born, just happened to be born in the wrong bloodline, die because God fulfills all his word. I'm going to leave that alone. Then watch this. This is where I want to stop. I will raise up a faithful priest for myself. He will do whatever is in my heart and mind. I will establish a lasting dynasty, dynasty for him and he will walk before my anointed one for all time. For years, I looked at this text and I thought this was concerning Samuel. 
Because remember, Samuel's growing during this whole time. And if some of y'all cheated, you know Samuel's eventually getting ready to be the next priest. But this is not who the prophet's talking about. What the prophet is saying here is that there is no priest that is worthy to be in my presence. Amen. So I will have to raise up a priest from myself. <laughs> Not for myself, from myself. Right he will be the high priest. Yeah. And his name will be Jesus. Ooh, go ahead, Miss Tanya. And he will do whatever is in my heart and in my mind. Watch this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Thus saith the Lord, nor my ways are your So he couldn't be talking to man for whoever would be in his heart and mind. He had to be talking to himself because only he knows his heart and his mind and he is one with the son and the son's name is Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. Y'all quiet. And through him, I will establish a lasting destiny for him. And he will walk before my anointed one. How long? Samuel's sons, we're going to see in the next few chapters, were just like Eli's sons. Mm -hmm. So this scripture couldn't apply to Samuel. Amen. Amen. The prophet was prophesying Jesus. Amen. In the second chapter of 1 Samuel. So anybody that says Jesus didn't come to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, no, Jesus was spoken of all the way back before David came on the scene. Yeah. That's right. I was going to close with a little something, a little icing on the cake, but I don't got it right now. One day I will, because that right there is a good closer. Because what God was showing us here through Eli was that there is no perfect priest that could go before him so perfectly that he could enter in and come out. There were some that went in, but they could only go in once a year. And before they went in, they had to offer a sacrifice for themselves. But there was only one priest that could go in and go in forever. And when he went in, for, uh, when he went in, he died, sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. I don't want to go too deep. Rent the veil, which then gave us access yes. to be the last in dynasty, yes. to go boldly before the throne of grace Amen. and to go to God in prayer yes. on our behalf for ourselves. So we no longer need any other errands. We don't need the Arianic priesthood. Amen. We don't need the Mosaic covenant. We got Jesus. Amen. And that's why when we pray, we say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Woo, help me, God. I thank God that he is our high priest. Because if I would have had to depend on the priesthood of pastors, they would have failed me a long time ago. If I would have had to repent on the priesthood of men, they would have failed a long time ago. But thank God over 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus not only became my high priest, but he also became my offering. He went into Calvary's cross and he was slain on that cross for me. They pierced him in his sides. He burnt that offering, that extra fat as a sacrifice to God. But he also was the shoulder and he also was the heart that was accepted to the priest. The shoulder symbolized that upon his shoulders he carried the government. Upon his shoulders he carried the cross. Upon his shoulders he carried my burdens. Upon his shoulders he carried my sin. But in his heart he loved me. In his heart I was part of his plan. In his heart I was part of his destiny. In his heart I was part of all of humanity. And I thank God that there was only one priest that could go in for me. So when I come to church, I don't praise nobody else. I love my pastor, but I don't praise my pastor. I love my first lady, but I don't praise my first lady. But when it comes down to giving God a glorified praise, there's only one name that I can call. And that name is the glorified name of Jesus. I wish I had somebody in here that could open their mouth right now and give God a glorified praise because there's nobody else but Jesus that can bring you out. I'm done. And not only was he the shoulder and the heart, but he took his body. He break it. And he said, this is my body. And he took the wine. And he said, this is my blood. That symbolized the soup. So he fulfilled all three that the sons of Eli couldn't fulfill. He was the fat offering. (laughs) He was the shoulder and the heart, but he also was the soup. I thank God for my priest, my high priest, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Let's get out of here. There's no other name. I heard somebody say something. I'm going to go to these three points. That was so powerful this week. He said, your worship is only as deep as your theology. Some of y'all are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know all that. No, no, we don't need theology as meaning you got to go to seminary. Meaning that the more that you get into the word, the more appreciation you have for him. Amen. Because a lot of people try to knock word churches because they say we're not spiritual enough. We don't dance enough and y'all ain't got the Holy Ghost. No, we got the Holy Ghost. We know him from the depths of our heart. And our worship is deeper than just an external noise. Now, we make some noise. But if I don't make a noise, he's still good. Thank you. If I never shout again, he's still good. Thank you, Lord. Because I know him for myself. Do I got anybody in here? When you go through the word and you see him as your high priest, when you go through the word and you see him as your savior, when you go through the word and you see him, you don't need a praise team. Amen. I know that's right. Thank you, Jesus. I know that's right. As we get deeper into this word, your appreciation takes your praise to another level. Yes. Yes. And the reason why people are so stuck on the external is because that's all they can give him. Jesus. But I will bless the Lord. With all my soul. And all that is what? 
within me, meaning that you don't even see my praise going on right now. Yeah. Do I got somebody here? Yes, you do. Thank you. If you think my externals, wow, you ain't seen my internal praise. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Let me sit down. Three points. God has a plan even when we don't see it. There's some things going on in our lives and we don't even see that God is working behind the scenes. God, thank you. Trust him. Because he's working behind the scenes even when you don't see it. Number two. God is no respecter of persons. The priesthood was supposed to go through the Arianic priesthood of Aaron and his sons forever. But when they failed, he put it in the hands of Samuel. Samuel was not part of the Arianic priesthood. Samuel was part of the Kohatites. The Kohatites, oh, help me God. The Kohatites were responsible for the vessels of the temple. So when Hannah was crying, what she was really asking God for is for him to conceive, allow her to conceive so that she could give birth to a vessel of the temple. So God shifted the priesthood from the Arianic priesthood to the Kohatite priesthood, and they couldn't get it right. And then he shifts it from the Kohatite priesthood to the eternal priesthood, which is his son, Christ Jesus, which means that he's no respecter of persons. If you don't get it right, he got somebody else that will try. Elijah, why are you here? First Samuel, first Kings, the 19th chapter. Because I'm the only one left. God says, no, you ain't. I got 7,000 more that have not bowed down to Baal. God is no respecter of persons. If God, if you don't want to do it, he got somebody that will. Number three, God will not allow people to tarnish his glory. Amen. (laughs) Sons of Eli only had a short season, but at the end of the day, God gets all of the glory. I was, I was taking a shower this morning and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He said, keep on preaching this. And I said, keep on preaching what? He says, you don't even realize it, but you're being prophetic. And I said, God, what are you saying? And you know, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say God says a lot. I don't play like that. But what the Holy Ghost began to share with me was that my assignment in this season is to tear down the fake priesthood and to point people to the eternal priesthood. And the thing that is scary about this assignment is that it's going to cause people to try to come at me. Amen. Y'all pray. Amen. Because I'm not going to change my stance. Amen. And I don't care who it is. That's right. I don't care how much I love you. Wrong is wrong. And I am just as guilty as Eli if I allow you to feed people false advertisement, false food, and false gospel if I don't speak out against That's it. Right. That's right. Amen. Because God will not allow anybody to tarnish his glory. Amen. He's sweeping the kingdom, y'all. He's sweeping out this mess. Amen. And we're getting ready to go back to true worship. When we worship him in spirit and in truth, no gimmicks, no games, no lights, no cameras, no actions, no Facebook, no social media, none of that. If all that disappeared, can you still be effective with the gospel? Or have you sold people your personality for the last 20 years? Oh, my, that's a good Go ahead, Pastor. Wow. 
That mess is getting ready to be revealed. If you ain't preaching this book, you shouldn't be behind the desk. God shares his glory with no one. Y'all got me in my indignation spirit. The dangers of no discipline. Father, we thank you. God, this was a tough one today, God, but I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word, God. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your kindness, your grace, your mercy, your understanding. God, I ask, Lord, you touch every single person in this room right now, God. Name by name, one by one. God, have your way in this place. God, move upon all of us, God. God, I know what you said, God. That in this last day, God, you're getting ready to sweep out the temple, God. But God, look upon us, God, that are really worshiping and loving on you, God. God, those of us that really have a sincere heart for you, God, see our hearts. God, read our minds, God. See, God, that we have a heart towards you, God, that, God, we want to do the right thing, God. Keep us. God, we pray, God, that you find glory, God, in what we're doing for you. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, 